Chapter One, Section Fourteen of the Greek View of Life by Goldsworthy Lowes Dickinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter One, Section Fourteen Transition to Monotheism. The Myths, but not Religion the criticism certainly of plato and probably of euripides was prompted by the desire not to discredit altogether the belief in the gods but to bring it into harmony with the requirements of a more fully developed consciousness the philosopher and the poet came not to destroy but to fulfil not to annihilate but to transform the popular theology such an intention strange as it may appear to us with our rigid creeds we shall see to be natural enough to the greek mind when we remember that the material of their religion was not a set of propositions but a more or less indeterminate body of traditions capable of being presented in the most various forms as the genius and taste of individual poets might direct and we find in fact that the most religious poets of greece those even who were most innocent of any intention to innovate on popular beliefs did nevertheless unconsciously tend to transform in accordance with their own conceptions the whole structure of the homeric theology taking over the legends of gods and heroes as narrated in poetry and tradition the earlier tragedians aeschylus and sophocles as they shaped and reshaped their material for the stage were evolving for themselves not in opposition to but as it were on the top of the polytheistic view the idea of a single supreme and righteous god the zeus of homer whose superiority as we saw was based on physical force grows under the hands of aeschylus into something akin to the jewish jehovah the inner experience of the poet drives him inevitably to this transformation born into the great age of greece coming to maturity at the crisis of her fate he had witnessed with his own eyes and assisted with his own hands the defeat of the persian host at marathon the event struck home to him like a judgment from heaven the nemesis that attends upon human pride the vengeance that follows crime henceforth were the thoughts that haunted and possessed his brain and under their influence he evolved for himself out of the popular idea of zeus the conception of a god of justice who marks and avenges crime read for example the following passage from the agamemnon 
and contrast it with the lines of homer quoted on page forty two nothing could illustrate more strikingly the transformation that could be effected under the conditions of the greek religion in the whole conception of the divine power by one whose conscious intention nevertheless was not to innovate but to conserve zeus the high god whate'er be dim in doubt this can our thought track out the blow that fells the sinner is of god and as he wills the rod of vengeance smiteth sore one said of old the gods list not to hold a reckoning with him whose feet oppress the grace of holiness an impious word for whensoe'er the sire breathed forth rebellious fire what time his household overflows the measure of bliss and health and treasure his children's children read the reckoning plain at last in tears and pain who spurns the shrine of right nor wealth nor power shall be to him a tower to guard him from the gulf there lies his lot where all things are forgot lust drives him on lust desperate and wild fate's sin-contriving child and cure is none beyond concealment clear kindles sin's baleful glare as an ill coin beneath the wearing touch betrays by stain and smutch its metal false such is the sinful white before on pinion's light fair pleasure flits and lures him childlike on while home and kin make moan beneath the grinding burden of his crime till in the end of time cast down of heaven he pours forth fruitless prayer to powers that will not hear and sophocles follows in the same path for him too zeus is no longer the god of physical strength he is the creator and sustainer of the moral law of those laws of range sublime called into life throughout the high clear heaven whose father is olympus alone their parent was no race of mortal men no nor shall oblivion ever lay them to sleep a mighty god is in them and he grows not old such words imply a complete transformation of the homeric conception of divinity a transformation made indeed in the interests of religion but involving nevertheless and contrary no doubt to the intention of its authors a complete subversion of the popular creed 
once grant the idea of god as an eternal and moral power and the whole fabric of polytheism falls away the religion of the greeks as interpreted by their best minds annihilates itself zeus indeed is saved but only at the cost of all olympus End of chapter 1, section 14 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey